Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN Store. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, and your ears are not deceiving you. This is an even earlier in the week episode than normal. Recording this Sunday for Monday. So what up if you're here in the chat right now? What up if you're here on Monday? I hope you have a good start to your work week. I'm assuming you listen to this in the morning. I know that's when I listen to most of my podcasts. Catfish, good to see you, my man, in the live once again. And as always, I am here with... My man, Ryan Gilbert, how are you doing today, Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I sound like a playoffs going on, going on throughout the day. I got a lazy Sunday here in Philly, so I got baseball. Yeah, always happy to talk some baseball on a, on, a, on a Sunday here. Yeah, especially this has been a pretty fun baseball weekend, too. There's been some wild, uh, wild stuff going on. I know Yoshida hit that grand slam today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two, a real two big home day. runs, yeah. Wasn't that two home runs in the same inning yep. for him? Which is what we've been waiting to see from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, our, our boy Max Muncy out here doing Max Muncy things, hitting another home run. I think that's 11 now. First time I can remember he hit like yeah. only one in the game. He's been pretty good at hitting like two a game. But Lars Nupar home run today, too. Home runs just across the board. Kalnick homered last night, right? He homered last night and today. And both today. Oppo Taco shots. I mean, what, what can't he do at this point? Like He is baseball's Superman. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy as hell, and I'm excited that we're doing this because we usually record our episodes, our early in the week episodes on Monday, and so like when you guys are listening to them, it'd be Tuesday, and it we talk waiver wire and stuff, and it's weird talking waiver wire for like a Tuesday because a lot of people are like, dang, I need to get these moves in Monday, so here we are helping you guys out, and plus, we had some downtime on a Sunday, so why not record and talk about our favorite thing in the world, baseball? Yeah, I mean, let's just get right into it. Actually, first, make sure you are uh, subscribed, following all that good stuff on Twitter at Fake Baseball, and leave us a uh, five star rating review on Apple and Spotify for the uh, giveaway that ends this Thursday, uh, the twenty seventh. So we'll be we'll be doing that there, and you can win a, a free custom MLB Shop jersey. So make sure you get in that giveaway. It's pinned on our Twitter account at Fake Baseball. Yeah, let's get right into it here. Uh, two start pitchers for for this upcoming week. What is this week? Week four upcoming here, I believe. So, uh, yeah, week four, two start pitchers. I got two. I picked up this morning for for for, uh, for tomorrow. Okay, in my keeper league here, um, both Alex Cobb and uh, Edward Cabrera both are rostered mm-hmm. in a bit more. Fifty six percent for Cobb, fifty four percent for Edward Cabrera. But Cobb's been great. I think I mentioned him on Thursdays or Friday shows that he's had three good starts, one bad start starting at home against uh, the Cardinals for his first start of the week on Monday. I think he should be fine. Good, good home ballpark there. Edward Cabrera definitely does have a lot of strikeout upside, uh, eight strikeouts and in six innings last time out. His start is going to be in Atlanta on Monday. So kind of, kind of one of the best lineups in baseball there with Riley and, and Olsen and Albies and Acuna. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like him. I mean, to kind of maybe a pickup and hold situation because he has that strikeout upside if he can get that uh, ear right down. Yeah, I love Cabrera. He's somebody that I drafted. I mean, I love Cobb too, not to look him over. Uh, you talked to Cobb like towards the end of last week and that mm-hmm. panned out pretty well. 
Uh, I love I love me some Cabrera this week, though. He's somebody I drafted in a few leagues and have held through to the good times and the bad. Uh, one thing he did in his last start is he finally ditched that fucking fastball that he has. I don't understand why he is so dead set on throwing that thing. He can't hit the broad side of a barn with it. He gets no whiff rates whatsoever. Like, no, no whiffs whatsoever. It's got like an 8% whiff rate. Uh, but he finally went change up heavy last start, which is what he needed to do. And it had like a 40% whiff rate in his last start, which kind of helped him calm down, get the vibes going, get in the mood, and actually start pitching. He was shoving out there, six innings, eight strikeouts. And I think he can do it again this week. It will be tough going against a team like Atlanta. But, I mean, you only like if you're streaming, if you can get like one and a half good starts – out of your guy, you're pretty happy. Like, just don't implode. So if he can just, like, be okay against Atlanta and then be pretty dominant at the end of the week, that's a good that's a good pickup if he can build off that last start. And, yeah, yeah. I think Cabrera's, Cabrera's issue is is his walk rate. His, his mm-hmm. walk percentage is second percentile in the entire league. But most of that's coming from his first start. He walked six in four innings against the Mets. And his second start in New York against the Mets, he walked seven in two innings. But... <laughs> Since then, he's only walked three in 11 innings against the Phillies and Giants, struck out 12 in that time. So if you can keep that going, I, I like streaming someone early in, early in the week, like, like Cabrera, like a Cobb, where you can pick him up. If he does well, you keep him for the second start in the week. If not, you know, use him as that streaming spot to try to, try to get someone that maybe can, can give you a better production there. Yeah, somebody that I like for two starts this week would be the boy Taj Bradley. He's kind of been the talk of the fantasy baseball world. And also, Lane, what's up, man? I see the comment. Happy to have you here hanging out with us today. But, yeah, Taj Bradley's kind of been the talk of the fantasy baseball world here for a bit. or I mean, not even just the fantasy baseball world, just the baseball world in general. Top pitching prospect for Tampa Bay, who is lighting the world on fire. And he's come out with two good starts against Boston and the Reds. Five innings, three and in runs, eight Ks in that first start against Boston, and then 5.1 with three hits and nine strikeouts in the second. He hardly walks anybody, which is really good. Like, he's throwing hard and not really walking many people. And he's not even – you can't even say he's really fastball dominant because his fastball usage is only 49%. So a lot of these guys that uh, come out throwing a little gas, they like to rely heavily on that fastball. Somebody like Mason Miller, who's somebody else that I like this week which we can get to in a bit. Uh, but he has a really, really good cutter. Uh, that cutter has got an 18% whiff rate, change up 44% whiff rate. So he offers a lot in terms of production, and you know he's going to get all the run support in the world behind him. They're playing Houston first at home, which is going to be interesting because that is a tough start. But then they got the White Sox later in the week, and uh, – the White Sox don't scare me this year. So that whole division is just bad. I don't think anything anyone's mm-hmm. over five hundred unless the the twins won today. I think I saw something on Reddit that said like that whole division is on like a thirteen game losing yes, streak or something that, like that. That's exactly ridiculous. what I saw. Oh, Minnesota won today. They are uh oh. they're twelve and ten and also Cleveland won. They're eleven and eleven. Look at them. Look at that. On the up and prove up us there. wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, good, a good underdog story there. And speaking of underdog, oh, and not speaking of underdog, we got some new reads here. Oh, there Shady we go. Rays is back. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They're an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product, and they have a, the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, so if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they'll get send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they will have your back long after your purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Yeah, I think uh, you might need some Shady Rays for, for Taz Bradley's future there. He's, he's been been great so far through two starts. I was lucky enough to uh, pick him up in my Keeper League. My brother snagged him in the main league, but not the Keeper League. He, he has regretted that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a good option there. Um Someone else uh, only rostered in a third of Yahoo leagues that I think is on the up and up a little bit is uh, Cal Quantrill of, of the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Had two rougher starts out of the gate against Seattle there, but back-to-back quality starts against the Nationals and, and the Tigers. Keeps that kind of easy opponent going here with the Rockies. I think he's scheduled to start Monday at home, so don't have to worry about Coors Field there. And he uh, pitches at Fenway Park later in the week, or he should. So I think Quantrill's kind of a guy to look at there as well. Yeah, I like Quantrill, especially one of the things you want to look for in somebody that is streaming. Uh, Somebody like Quantrill, if you're looking at him, would be, does he play for a good team that can get in the run support? The Guardians do have, I mean, they got some firepower on offense, so there is a high likelihood he's going to get a lot of runs scored behind him, which does help a guy like him. Quantrill uh, has a tendency to uh, let the wheels fall off if he gets a few innings in and he's not getting any help from the offense and say he gives up like one solo home run in the third inning and that's not one zero his world comes crumbling down and then it all just goes to hell so if they can get him some good run support I like Quantrill this week I do have him in TGFBI so I am hoping that he has an excellent two starts this week because that'll help me a ton. But yeah, uh, there's there's a lot to like there going forward. That's a good call out. There's a two there's a two star pitcher that's available in, in my eight team league. I'm just absolutely shocked that he's available. Charlie Morton starts. Uh, I mean, he's rostered in ninety percent of Yahoo leagues, so he shouldn't be available. Starts Tuesday against the Marlins, and then like likely Sunday uh, at City Field. I mean, if I just put in a waiver claim for him, I'm not sure what order I have, but I'm willing to to whatever it is. I have waiver five, so ten team league. Maybe I'll get him, maybe I won't. But if, like we said with Luis Garcia last 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 show, like if one of these pitchers that has a good track record becomes available after a few bad starts, I would I would yeah. pick him up. Yeah, that's an excellent way to win your league, whether it's hitters or pitchers. I know. Like for me, prime example for that is somebody in my home league, 12 team home league, dropped a Dolis Garcia uh, at the beginning of last week. Like we we're playing a weekly league, so it was before lineups locked. So I picked up a Dolis Garcia and he's my util and he went off for three home runs and two How doubles. Did someone yesterday. dropped Dolis Garcia. That, that, that's insane. I don't know. They also dropped Elo Jimenez. So I picked up Elo Jimenez the other day he's, before he's he went two Elo games and some home runs. Two, yeah, like a double today. I'm trying to shop him all around my league. Everyone's like, no, I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't want him either. But like, if he's hot now, maybe maybe someone will take him. Speaking of somebody that's hot right now, uh, Mason Miller, I know I touched on him a few minutes ago. He is also a two-start pitcher this week. I'm still curious to see how long the leash is with him. Just because he does, he does only have 28 innings. Or I guess he's got like 32 in the third professional innings now. But throwing 102 and a half miles an hour, good pitch mix. And he's got good matchups this week going against the Angels, who the Angels have been kind of hot, but they are the epitome of hot and cold. They can either be really good or 
they can only have two hits for the entire game. And then he's at home against Cincinnati. We talked the other day about Mason Miller and about how that Oakland Athletics team is so bad that he might not be in line for more than maybe five wins. If he's going to get one of those five wins, it's going to come at home against Cincinnati at the end of the week. So if you're going to if you're going the two start stream of Mason Miller, this might be the week to do it. Don't be discouraged if he gets lit up by the Angels, but I'm not sure that he will. Uh, the only people there that really do really, really, really well against that high heat are Atani and Trout. They fucking kill those those really fast fastballs. So if he can kind of pitch around those guys, he's got a chance for an okay start. Maybe go five innings, and then he could go six at the end of the end of the week. I want to see that uh, strikeout rate stay up for him because that is his mm-hmm. calling card, the ability to strike people out. So if he can manage that it's going to come against Cincinnati who strikes out a lot and the angels strike out quite a bit as well. So this could be a good week for him. Yeah. I mean, this is the time to, to, to pick up Miller if, if you're going to, because coming into this week, if he has, you know, two good starts, someone else is going to pick him up. If he has, or if he has mm-hmm. a decent start against the angels, someone will pick him up. So if he's still available in your league, only rostered in 34% of Yahoo leagues. I'd say definitely pick him up for, for, for this two start week here. Also wanted to uh, go back to what we said over the weekend. What I said over the weekend, uh, Rich Hill had, had a fantastic start Ooh, on, on Saturday yeah. against the Reds. Five innings, seven strikeouts, one earned. Got, got the win there. Uh, someone we didn't say, but someone that has just been insane so far this season. He's 4-0, struck out 11 batters on Saturday is Kyle Gibson of the Orioles. Phillies mm-hmm. legend there, Kyle Gibson. I mean, this season, he's, he's 4-0, has a 3.60 ERA. He's a... Uh, both of his home starts, six and a third, one earned in each of them. So Kyle Gibson just coming out of nowhere with with, with a good season there. Yeah, especially after before the season when they didn't put Grayson Rodriguez in the starting rotation. We just absolutely shit on yeah. their starting yes. rotation and how bad they were. So very fitting for Kyle Gibson to just come out and look like an ace. We'll see if he can keep that up, but... I I love that he's using his sweeper a lot more this year. I think that's been what's helped him a lot. He rarely used it last year, only threw 54. He's thrown 110 of them this year and only to right-handed batters. Well, so, uh, yeah, he threw nine to left-handed left-handers, but like all to right-handers and it has a 125 batting average against with a 43% whiff rate. Mm-hmm. The sweeper's kind of taking over the league. We've mentioned it with a few guys. Otani's got a good sweeper. Wisniewski added a sweeper who he got lit up again, so Y'all could drop Wisniewski after this yeah, week. but well, that, that was unfortunate. So, um, someone that's been up and down this season did have a good start last time out in Kansas City. He is starting Monday in Cincinnati is Nathan Eovaldi of the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Still rostered in over 50% of leagues, 54 to be exact on Yahoo. What do you think about, about Eovaldi? Is he someone that, you know, I mean, he starts against the Reds in Cincinnati and then at home against the Yankees. Is he someone maybe you would pick up if he's available? Or, and if you roster, if you already have him, would you start him in, in a weekly league or even in a, in a daily league? Uh, the only league I have him in is TGFBI, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, for those of you that don't know, that's a 15 team league. It was a 15 team, 30 round draft. So 450 people are rostered. Uh, it's a giant rotisserie style league. I have him rostered there solely for strikeouts, and I think that's all Eovaldi is really good for. He'll, he should have a good start against Cincinnati. He'll look pretty good against them. I still think he gives up two or three runs. I'm iffy about starting him against the Yankees, 
And if you do, that's okay. Just be prepared for the four or five earned runs, but he's going to, he'll, he'll strike batters out. Like he'll get you six or seven strikeouts. So he's good for specific things, but he's going to kill your ratios and others. So just be wary. If you start him, your ERA is probably going to suffer. He's probably, I, I, he might get one win this week. Maybe it's hard to chase pitcher wins. I don't think he gets a win against the Yankees, but I do like somebody like him. You just have to be, you have to know what you're getting when you start Nathan Evaldi this week. Another guy that has been just quietly for for the Pirates having having a few good starts in a row. Johan's name, Johan Ovidio. I, I don't Oviedo? know how to yeah. Oviedo. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, but yeah, he started in Coors Field last week. Six innings, one earned, six strikeouts. Um, before that, in St. Louis, seven innings, one earned, ten strikeouts. Pitching against the Dodgers on Tuesday, uh, he is rostered in 60% of Yahoo leagues, so not available in most leagues out there. But we're thinking about him and also uh, Martin Perez is available in, in this league, my, my, my 10 team league for, for a Tuesday start, going against uh, in Cincinnati and then against uh, the Yankees later in the week, much like Eovaldi. I like Eovaldi more than I like Perez for Rangers pitchers for this okay, week. Okay, interesting just because Eovaldi has the strikeout stuff, I think they might give up about the same amount of runs this week. But Eovaldi has the higher strikeout upside than Perez. But Oviedo, if he's still available in your league, he needs to be added. Pittsburgh is hot this year, which not many people saw coming, although I was a fan of the over on their win total before the season. That's about as close as I can get to saying that I thought they were going to be good. I just thought they were going to win like one more game than what their projection was. But, uh, he is pitching really well, and a lot of it is because he switched from being a fastball-dominant pitcher last year to the slider. And we talked last episode about how a guy has to have a dominant – you have to have a dominant pitch that's not a fastball to really, really, really be a dominant pitcher at the major league level. And his slider has a 38% whiff rate, and he's thrown it almost 150 times this year, which in the grand scheme of things, 150 is not a lot, but also this early in the season, that's a lot. Uh, his usage rate on it is up to 40%. He's dropped his fastball usage down 10 or 12% to 31. And he's upped his curveball usage quite a bit to 21%. And that curveball has just a 0.087 batting average against. So he's doing an excellent job of using that fastball as a secondary pitch to set up the slider and the curveball. And Oviedo is a guy that. Like you said, he's owned in a little more Yahoo leagues, deeper leagues. He's probably taken, but for you guys in shallower leagues, I think he's rosterable in a 10 team, especially this week in a two-star week. He's a damn good pitcher, and I, I'm i going to ride that hype train until the wheels fall off. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that he's kind of had to turn around because he, he was with the Cardinals since 2016. I'm not sure if he got, he got traded uh, last year. I'm not sure if they made it, any in-season trades there, but he wasn't great in the minors a million 2021 2022 uh total for for in the triple a he had 4.70 era between pittsburgh and st louis 2021 he had a 6.13 era at triple a so i don't know if maybe it is finding something in his pitch mix like you said but yeah so far this season i feel like this is a great opportunity to try to get in on him while you still can especially with a, a sunday start next sunday against the nationals there uh, so a picture that I want to ask you about, I'm curious 
because I was all in on, well, I mean, I was completely out on him before the season started. And now after his last start, a lot of people are jumping back in. Chris Sale is getting two starts this week. Are you back in on Sale or are you out or were you ever out to even begin with? I, I was almost out on him. I was back on him before the season. I thought maybe he was a, it was a good bounce back candidate, and I was very close to dropping him prior to prior to his last start. I was like, you know what? I almost benched him, but he came out six dry innings, three hits, one earned run, uh, eleven strikeouts, only two walks. Vintage Chris Gale. Chris Gale. That's what you mm-hmm. you could expect to see from him for for most of his starts throughout his career prior to his injury history there. But yeah, now he's starting against. Baltimore uh, on Monday and then Cleveland at home uh, later in the week. I think I'm, I'm back in on sale. I know the Orioles have been good. They've, they've had a so far this season 14 and seven. Um, so that they've been a pretty good team. But I think they, you know, that moved the wall back in, in left field there. I think Sale has the strikeout upside. Struck out six Orioles in three innings uh, in his first start, but allowed, um, what's that, seven runs there in three innings. So not, not great for him, but. Yeah, I think uh, I heard him on a podcast uh, after his last start. He he put in the hard work, and he knows he has to put in the work again to just get those results. So I think I think this could be the the start of of his of his comeback after people give up on him maybe after his first two three starts, but still rostered in eighty three percent of leagues. I have him in my ten team league, and I, I will be starting him probably both starts. You make good points. I'm just, I don't know. I was, I was very out on him coming into the year. Just the man couldn't stay healthy. And then when he could stay healthy, he was just okay. So what kind of version of him were we going to get this year? We thought the Boston Red Sox were going to suck. The Red Sox are a little better this year than what people expected. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think Sale is any better than I thought he was coming into the year because I was out on him. And then he had three not great starts to start the year. One excellent start doesn't entirely mm-hmm. change everything for me. I mean, it was against the Twins, which Twins are a good roster. And Chris Sale, he had a 43% whiff rate in that, that start against Minnesota, which is very high. He had uh, six whiffs on 13 swings with his slider, nine on 19 swings with his fastball. When we had Steven Souza Jr. on, we asked him who the hardest pitcher he ever faced was. And the answer was Chris Sale. He said that slider is the hardest pitch he's ever attempted to hit in his entire life. He said it was almost impossible. And talked about how Sale always dominated him. And we looked up his, that was one of my favorite things. We looked up his stats against Sale live on the podcast with him. And I reminded him, yeah, you fucking suck against Chris Sale. But yeah, so that, it was nice to see the old Chris Sale. But I, I, I think it was just a flash in the pan star. I still don't have any faith in Chris Sale moving forward. Yeah, I don't think I really do either. I think if, if he has an okay start against the Orioles and a good start or two good starts this week, maybe believe in him more, but I, I think that's an opportunity to maybe uh, sell him, especially if there's a Red Sox fan in, in your league there. Because I mean, the Orioles strike out nine times per game, 20, 21st most in the league. And then the uh, Cleveland strikes out the third fewest times in the league. And that that's what Chris Sale does, a strikeout batter. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how, how he fares against... The, the O's and Guardians this week. Um, and you can see how you fare on Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN 
for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And as part of SGPN's draft week, SGPN is holding a free NFL draft props contest exclusively for members of our Discord. It's completely free to join, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $50 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord and go to the NFL channel for the sign-up link. Okay, somebody that I want to highlight that I, I, I don't think he's available in that many leagues anymore. I think he's available than more than he should be. But he's a two-star pitcher this week, and we absolutely fucking love him over here. Justin Steele. Two starts this week. We were – I can't even say we were big on him before the year because that is such an understatement. We were huge on Justin Steele before the year coming in. Now he's 3-0 and with a 1-4-4 ERA, 24 strikeouts in 25 innings. He absolutely dominated Oakland last start. Not that hard to do, but like he went up against Mason Miller. Dominated the Dodgers, too, the start before yeah. that. Yeah, and then he he dominated the Rangers before that, who have a, a good team. And Milwaukee has a good team. And he dominated them. So this is me putting this out to the universe right now. If you play fantasy baseball and Justin Steele is available in your league, I don't care if it's an eight-team league. Just put him on your roster at this point. That the Cubs score a lot of runs. They're they're not just a uh, are they an okay team? Like they're a good baseball team. They play elite defense behind their pitchers, besides Hayden Wisniewski. And so Justin Steele is that good. I think dating back to his last his last 10 starts of last year and now this year, he hasn't lost a single start, striking out about a batter in inning with a sub, I think he's got a sub two ERA or right around a two ERA. So like he's a good fucking pitcher and he needs to be owned everywhere. He starts twice this week. I don't even care who he starts against at this point. He dominated the Dodgers and the Rangers and Milwaukee, who are some of the best teams in baseball offensively. So start that man everywhere. He He's the shit. And I hope we can get him on the podcast one of these days, too. <laughs> yeah, that might, might be tough in season, especially if he's going off for a, a Cy Young season here. But yeah, if he's available, definitely pick him up. I think he's, I saw he's rostered in um, 84% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, don't, don't, I mean, we're spreading more on pitchers here than I thought. Brad, Brad Keller starts two times this week. We mentioned him last week. Um, had a bad start against the Rangers, but besides that, he's been pretty good. Starts against Diamondbacks and Twins, both on the road this week. And uh, scrolling through here, I think that's probably probably it for for the pitchers. If you want to get get over to the the hitting side of the waiver wire, so of course I did. I just put out my week four waiver wire article this week. My favorite waiver wire pickup this week. Well, it's a pitcher, but I'm going to skip over Mason Miller. It's Jack Sawinski. For the Pirates, uh, we did our uh, our fad, ad, or bad segment last one, and we talked about Sawinski, and I said ad, and I actually think Sawinski has made some changes to his swing this year that make him exciting for the rest of the year and not just for this week. He made changes to his Sawinski? Oh, see, I see what you did there. This is what the people come for. They come for the puns, and then they stay for the... Uh, Incredible fantasy baseball insight. Uh, but uh, the biggest things for Sawinski this year that have made a big difference, he pulls the ball a lot more. He pulls the ball almost 60% of the time. He has raised his fly ball and his line drive rates this year. His expected slugging is 739. So he's making incredible contact with the ball. His average exit velocity is like 95 miles an hour on the year. 
he's making the hard contact to go with that pull rate and fly ball rate, which there is some of these guys like a, Oh, like a Josh Lowe or Josh Lau out in Tampa Bay, who has also upped his pole and fly ball rates, but he doesn't make hard contact with the ball. So his power numbers become a little iffy. Like, are they sustainable? That sort of thing. Sawinski makes hard enough contact and pulls the ball and all that, that it it's, it could be like legitimate rest of the season power. And I, he's going to be streaky. So he's going to have weeks where he struggles but I think he has now put himself in 25, 27 home run territory moving forward. Yeah, so once it wasn't someone that I, I really even even considered on my radar, but after you brought him up Friday and, and now again, looking at his, his baseball savant page, it's, it's pretty red there. He had, uh, I mean, last year he had 19 home runs in 106 games. He has five home runs in his first 16 games uh, this year. Two stolen bases today on a Sunday against the Reds. Hey, first the season. Speed. Maybe he's got some speed there. But yeah, he... he his start of his career is full season average is 32 home runs. I mean, so he should get 20, 25 home runs still is only rostered in 10% of, of Yahoo leagues. I think that's a, a great pickup in deeper leagues. And, you know, maybe even in shallower leagues, pick him up. And if he keeps it up, maybe you can in trade another one of your outfielders for, for a pitcher or for, for an infield where you need some help. Because that's a fantastic call out on Sawinski here. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that I like to see, as we've covered before, some of the things that we look for in guys, and for me, it would be like the up the pull rate, the fly ball rate, but with the power still being there. But he doesn't chase a lot of pitches. He's only chasing like 13% of the pitches. Now, he swings and misses a little more than I would like. He's got a high whiff rate, but only chasing 13% of the pitches. Yeah, his chase rate good. is in the 99th percentile, but his whiff rate is in the 10th percentile. Yeah. So. Complete opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum there. And his K rate is 15th percentile, but he walks 92, 92, 92nd percentile. So yeah, he's, if, if he can cut down on the strikeouts, cut down on the whiffing, he's going to be someone that uh, you definitely want to roster for this year and beyond. Yeah. There's some definite intrigue there. And another guy that intrigues me, I think we have talked about him before. I don't know. I think we have it's Jonah Heim in Texas. Did we talk about him last episode? Um, No, we talked about him. Definitely. Definitely before the season, I think. Not, not we talked about uh, Contreras last episode for catchers as well as. I uh, also saw Gabriel Moreno starting to heat back up too. See, I got asked about Gabriel Moreno earlier. Somebody, and it was literally somebody asked me, "Would you drop Gab- Gabriel Moreno for Jonah Heim?" And I said yes. I think I would. Yeah. I, it's a tough one though. It's kind of close, but like I still said yes. Rangers are better than Diamondbacks. Better lineup. Mm-hmm. Heim has better numbers so far this season. Unless it's, if it's a keeper dynasty, there is more of a question. But I still think Heim is not enough. He's only had fourth. This is his fourth major league, third, third really starting. So, and yeah, it, what... it, it's wor- worrisome that he hit two twenty seven last year, one ninety six the year before, and now he's hitting three twenty. I don't know if that's Heim? I, don't, I don't yeah for Heim. I don't know if he's just pulling the ball more and there was a shift on him. I don't know if he's just getting lucky with his BABIP, but yeah, for now, I mean, his BABIP is 343. Last year it was 249. So he's doing something different. Uh, hard hit rate is up 48% from 40 last year. Getting more line drives, less ground balls, pulling the ball less, using using the whole field. So maybe this is the, the new Yona Heim here. Uh, I think it might be because he's so he's a switch hitter. 
that was, uh, I think he was shifted 78% of the time last year when he was batting from the left side. And he had a massive difference between his uh, shifted Woba and his non-shifted Woba. It was like 250 points of difference. And now this year, since they can't shift him anymore, he's making really hard contact. And kind of like the Jared Kelnick thing, like he's he's not getting out because there's he can pull those hard hit balls and there's not somebody there just in that gap. There should be a gap to get it. Yeah, last year against righties, he only hit 210 with a 640 OPS and uh, 286 at bats. Only 41 at bats so far this season. So it is still a small sample size, mm-hmm. but he has three home runs hitting 317 with an OPS of 994. So maybe there's something to that to that shift. He's pulling the ball on the ground, getting those or line line drives even getting getting those hits through. But catchers are always interesting to me like during the season because it's like you either have a good one or you have a bad one, you cycle through the hot guys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess Himes only rostered in 58% of Yahoo League, so he is still out there in almost half of them. But by this point, he's got, what, a six-game hit streak, hitting the ball well. I think he should definitely be be rostered in more. And my last thing about Jonah Hyde, my favorite thing that he's got going for him. So he's hitting 276 with nobody on base. He's hitting 368 with men on base. And he's hitting 500 with runners in scoring position this year. So the more people are on base in front of him, the better he gets. That that's just going to come down. That's just due for regression, though. You, that, Either that he's, or not, he's, he's he's not hitting 500 with runners in score, with runners in scoring position. Hey, you know what? Uh, Ty France did it last year for like three months before he got punked with that ball, and it really messed him up. So it, it's possible. And it, in Texas, they have a crazy ass lineup, so there's going to be a lot of people on base in front of him. Throughout the year, although I think he bats routinely like seven, eight, nine in that bottom third of the order, which limits his at bats. But in a 12 team league, I think Jonah Heim, a 12 team single catcher league, I think it's safe to roster him and start him in one of those leagues. I think he's going to be good for a while. Two start or two catcher leagues, he should definitely already be rostered and started. 10 team league, you could probably find somebody a little better than Jonah Heim on the waiver wire. But if you wanted to start him, I wouldn't hate it. Just, he's He's been that good in the uh, Rangers are putting up a ton of runs this year. I think I'm going to start a, a movement this season and the offseason to uh, make two catcher formats more standardized. because Give catchers the, the respect they deserve there. Uh, one more guy that I want to talk about that I think is criminally under-owned right now would be... Uh, Jaron Duran out in Boston. I think he's hitting like 417 right now. He's another guy that has made some changes to his swing. His launch angle has jumped up to 16.7 degrees over last year. So he's lifting the ball a lot more. He's barreling the shit out of the ball at almost 30%. His hard hit rate is at 65% on the year. So he's doing the things you want, getting more lift on the ball and hitting the ball harder while only having an 18% chase rate and 16% whiff rate. So better contact, less swing and miss, less chasing pitches out of the zone. He has good speed. He doesn't have any home runs yet, which uh, he doesn't have like crazy home run power to begin with. But I see him as like a, man, do I want to, it's like a Yandy Diaz light. Like somebody that like hits the shit out of the ball. He may not hit like, for crazy, like a Yandy Diaz, a 2022. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not going to hit like a ton of home runs, 
but he can hit for an okay average. He's not going to strike out a ton. He becomes very relevant in points leagues. And Duran is now, uh, he's hitting it at, at like the bottom third of that lineup again in Boston, which will limit his at-bats, but he should hit for a decent average. He's got okay speed, and he just hits the fuck out of the ball. So he's got double and triple upside, which if you can't hit home runs, at least get some doubles and triples in there, which helps a ton. And he's not striking out a bunch, so I like him. And hes I think he's only rostered in like, seven percent of leagues overall or something like that he's eight eight percent here on yahoo i i why did they call him up like he didn't have a a especially good start in in the minors i think i saw he was hitting like 190 something in the minors i don't know if they had an injury oh that makes sense yeah and he's he's come in he he's hit had a hit in every game he started he went over two on, on saturday i guess after he came in as a pinch hitter but yeah today on sunday uh two for four two runs stolen base two singles and he's just absolutely killing the baseball. Uh, baseball Savant doesn't have today's stats in there yet, but um, over half of his balls in play are over 100 miles per hour. So 111, 107, 106, 105, 104, and 300, 300, 100. <laughs> so that's eight over 100 and then only six under 100. So eight of his 14 balls in play are over uh, 100 miles per hour. Actively low, including uh, there's a 96.6, 94.2 in there. He's hitting the ball hard. He, he's seen the ball well. Maybe this is this is what this is what needed. You know, he just didn't make the team out of camp. Uh, didn't even have a good first few weeks. But he's coming up. Maybe maybe even coming up for his defense. And, and he's and he's showing how, how good his bat can be down lower in that order. I think the Red Sox are also off to a, a better start than they expected. Uh, yeah, everyone in the AL East is, is over five hundred. They're twelve and eleven in in last place. Seven and a half games behind the nineteen and three Rays, which is. <laughs> insane but yeah i mean duran and, and sawinski are both fantastic call outs by you for uh for for depth outfield options uh we just had a question come in on twitter i'm not sure i saw that yeah i'm not sure uh trade paul seawald for cody morris of the guardians and bryce elder of atlanta he's punting saves do you if think it, that's enough for Seawald? If it's a keeper or, or or a dynasty, yes. I mean, it's yeah. Save Seawald shouldn't finish the year as the Mariners closer. They have um, you know, and I I personally think Brash should, should take over the job eventually. But I agree. Yeah, if you can get two solid prospects that should be contributing this or next year for a closer, especially if that's your one or one of your top two closers and that, that's all you have. And yeah, I, I'd trade him for whatever you can get. Cause in my Cooper league, I just dropped I, my uh, closers were Jose Leclerc who had one save so far this season and uh, Alex Lange for, for the Tigers who also had one save. Like rather than try to do the, do the run around trying to see if I can trade him anywhere for anything. I, I just dropped them for, for a streaming spot. Mm-hmm. May not be the most optimal thing to do with them, but like closers, yeah, their currency in fantasy baseball, everyone can always use a closer, but like they're also if it's if you're not if you're punting saves and not going for that, having a roster spot for a closer makes no sense. So trade them as soon as you can. If that's the best you can get, I think that's a, a fine option if you're playing the long term game in a keeper league. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm not gonna lie, I wish LeClerc LeClerc wasn't somebody I targeted so much in fantasy baseball this year because like he so he has one save on the year 
they just had whoever the fuck it was, Will Smith or whatever, get his second save of the year mm-hmm. today. They were up, they won five to two and they didn't put Leclerc in for a save. They they've been using Leclerc when they're like up twelve to three. They put Leclerc in for an inning. And then when they're in these high leverage save situations, they just don't use Leclerc. That's gonna be my downfall in TGFBI. Cause he was somebody, he was like the second closer I took out the board after Daniel Bard. And I'm not. This is why every year I punt saves. I don't do saves. Bard is back though. I don't think we mentioned that on the podcast. We, you texted me about it. I don't think mm-hmm. we ever mentioned that, that that Bard is back. Fantastic to see Daniel Bard back in action. I don't know if he's uh, pitched in a game so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two games, two innings, two strikeouts, no saves yet, which is not surprising for the Rockies there. But yeah, good to see Bard back on the uh, major league mound after going through some stuff after injuring Jose Altuve. Yeah, and another thing that's good to see is all of the interaction we are getting with our contest that we have going that runs through Thursday. Again, you can find the tweet for that pinned at the top of our Twitter at Fake Baseball. Everybody can get three entries: one for subscribing on YouTube, one for giving us a five-star rating on Spotify, one for a five-star rating and review on Apple. All you do is you go to that tweet. I have a a Google form in there. You just put it. It's nothing crazy. You put your first and last name so I know who you are and you put your email address so that I can get a hold of the winner. And you put the screenshot proof that you actually did the things that you say you did. And on Thursday, we will be drawing the winner for that. Winner gets a free custom MLB jersey of their choosing from MLBshop.com. So any team, any name on the back, any number you want for the winner. Something simple, free to enter. It helps us a ton, but it also allows us to as a way to give back to you guys for listening and showing so much support. Now that we're 65 episodes into this damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we want like an actual listener, a loyal listener to win it. So if you've been listening or if this is your first episode and you're going to continue listening, enter that contest. We're, we've been getting some, some reviews that are just more like generic and, and pointing out stuff that we don't necessarily always do. So if, if you enjoy what we're doing, make sure you do leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple. It's a five-star uh, rating on Spotify. Always let us know what you think on Twitter at Fake Baseball and enter that contest at Fake Baseball. Pin tweet, easy form to fill out. So, uh, yeah, you can, win, you can win a free jersey. You, you can't get better than that. Dylan, 65 episodes do go by super fast. I swear we just did episode 50 with, with Nick Pollock from Pitcher List like last week, and it's already 15 episodes past that. But, yeah, it, it, if you're listening to this live, if you're listening to this in the podcast feed, keep in mind, this is 65 episodes, which means that this is like your first or second time listening. We got like 60 plus more episodes you can go check out. You can go on the journey from our episode one, which was kind of wild at the end of last season until now. It's been a massive transformation. Yeah, it might be some uh, outdated content, but if, if you love us that much where you just want to hear our voices and yeah, you can go back to pl- play a backlog or if you want to go back, see what our takes were before the season, <laughs> compare them to how they're doing now. We, we'd love that. We had some pretty fun takes in the offseason, like Max Muncy being the shit this year and wouldn't yeah. you know it, leading baseball in home runs. Yeah, uh, and also Jared Kelnick kid, too. Just going oh, off. You know, I've only talked about him like 65 <laughs> times in 65 episodes. And if you can tell, I am closing the episode down right now. But one thing I want to point out, I I write these articles and I get a lot of questions on my weekly wave wire articles and my number one thing that I have told people when they want advice on how to win fantasy baseball is to not overthink things going forward. Like do not overthink moves. I got a notification for a move that I'm going to use as an example. 
sir, if you are the person, if you're listening to this, I'm not calling you out for any negative way. This is just a prime example. Somebody said in a 12 team league, would you drop Jordan Walker for Sawinski of the pirates? No, never like not in a thousand years. I understand it. Jordan Walker has slowed down a little bit on his production and Sawinski has been hot. That is the prime example, though, of you are overthinking it and you are in panic mode a little bit. Don't do that. Don't. Because then people like me see that you drop Jordan Walker and pick up Jordan Walker, and then he hits three home runs this coming week, and you regret dropping him for Sawinski, who will be okay for the rest of the year, but he's not going to be Jordan Walker. That's a prime example of overthinking. You don't want to, you don't want to overthink. That will be the death of you in fantasy baseball. If it doesn't feel right when you say it out loud as a, like a waiver move, don't do it. That's a pretty safe rule. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that, yeah, Jordan Walker, you can't drop Jordan Walker yet. Someone I'm considering dropping just to before we close this out is Vaughn Grissom for for the Braves. I, I picked him up. He got caught up. He's he's hitting well, but like he's not hitting for power. Shortstop to deep position. I have Albies at second and Tatis at short. So like ultimately, I I hope he keeps it up and I, and I can trade him somewhere, but. Like second base and shortstop have turned out to be pretty deep. Where I might might have to drop him coming up um, if I need if I need a streaming spot. I think he's droppable. I still I still like him, but yeah, if the power's not there, he, he's he's good enough to be like worth a look, but he's not good enough to to ride out the the no power going forward. Yeah, but everybody again, make sure you follow us at on Twitter at Fake Baseball, on YouTube at Fake Baseball Money. You can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. See ya.